Welcome to Ion Sale Process, and I am so glad you made it today in our job report. I want to talk about being safe at work, and do you even feel safe at work? And um, I'm not sure if you guys remember, I'm going to share my screen of an incident that happened back in 2018. And with this story, it was, well, let me refresh your memory if you don't remember. With this story, there was, and I'm going to read a little bit from the, um, the article. It said, the shooting happened just before 7 p.m. in our in or near Swift's second floor office near the operating room at the 11th Avenue South facility. Sources say Swift was reprimanding an employee, 31-year-old central sterile supply worker, Travis Devon Coleman, who then brandished a gun and opened fire. And this happened in the sterile processing department. I remember when this happened, it blew my mind. I couldn't believe something like this was actually taking place in the sterile processing department. So you know, we hear about shootings going on and, you know, when it, it came all the way home for me when it happened in the sterile processing department. And I'm not sure if you also aware that, you know, the people down there in the ER and the ED or whatever you call it, they encounter a lot of violence down there. I know a security guard that was injured by, you know, because she had to patrol and respond to violence at the uh, in the emergency room. So violence is a problem. Uh, OSHA has some information on safety at the workplace if you want to go there as a resource. But you need to have an emergency plan and you need to do a few things yourself to make sure that you're safe because you have to take care of yourself. You can't worry about a wait for your employer to take care of you, baby. You got to take care of yourself. So as you always know, we want to talk about what's in it for you. And I just want us to think about some, uh, identify some safety risks, get your uh, creative juices going and have you start to look around and start thinking about these things on your own. And then some action steps and things you can do like a little checklist. And I do have a checklist and this checklist can be used. Um, it could be downloadable. You will find it um, on my Facebook group. And I mentioned my Facebook group at the end, but you can find the checklist there because I will make it available for you. And uh, hopefully it'll, it'll cause you to start thinking about different things that you can add to the list that I started. It's not all inclusive. I'm not telling you what you should and shouldn't do. I'm just saying that you may need to start thinking about your own safety plan. So the first thing we're going to start about, I start off with is what you need to watch out for. Now, I worked at many places and I know that some places had an issue with the piggyback system. I guess it's a system, but it's a problem because what happens is with the piggyback is you badge into a door, you walk through the door and here can somebody hold the door for me, hold the door, hold the door. And they want to come in on your badge. Now, who are you letting into that facility that has the security access? And, you know, I worked at places where you were expected to, if you're comfortable, ask that person, like, can I see your badge to even try to understand that they belong there or not. But you got to understand people can have a badge and been fired. They still have the badge, but they don't have access to these doors, but they do have a badge. So if you don't feel comfortable saying anything, maybe you should just maybe make note of what that person looked like, the direction they were going in or something like that, and report it to security or safety, whoever it is in your department. Um, because piggyback is a problem. So what they used to have us do that, and everybody knew because it was part of the training. So if I went through a door, I would have to allow it to close completely. And then I can use my badge to badge in. I was not to piggyback with other people. So it was in the hospital policy that that was not allowed. So that's something you can think about. Who is it piggybacking on your badge? Uh, also, doors that are being propped open. Now, we had an issue with this in our decontamination room that uh, we had employees that were rigged the damn door. So they would put something in the door so it could stay uh, open and they didn't have to worry about uh, going in and out 
through the front because they would have to come through the department. Of course, we would know when they're coming and going. So this was a little tricky way for them to enter in and out of decon without us noticing because in decon, it didn't have a badge access. You had to have a key and they didn't have the key. And I didn't know where they were going. They could have been going out smoking. They could have went home, honey, and went to sleep and took a nap. I don't know, but we knew that they were going in and out and nobody really wanted to cop to it, but we had an idea who it was. Now for them, it was convenience. Maybe they wanted to sneak off to the cafeteria outside of their normal break and lunchtime. But for us, it was a safety concern because any and everybody could come in and out that door who, didn't, who shouldn't have access to our department, putting other people at risk. And people didn't seem to understand the safety issue of that. Just go in and do your damn job and stop trying to do extra. And then we wouldn't have to have these conversations when somebody come in there and get beat down. See, I'm going to tell you something. When I used to drive buses, because I used to drive uh, transit buses, and it was a situation where they found the manager beat up and balled up under their desk, passed out because they got into some kind of confrontation or altercation with somebody. They were able to get access to this manager office and they went in there and beat the brakes off of them. So these things happen. People propping up in doors because it's convenient for them. You can really cause people great harm or death behind doing stuff like that. Another thing is watch out for a buddy system. Watch out for each other. If you, especially us who working overnight and we're um, walking out from these garages or what have you, and you're walking by yourself. What safety do you have in place if something goes on? Now, I've been to big campuses where they have uh, panic buttons or security guard buttons that you can't press to alarm authorities that you are in distress or you may need some kind of help. You know, I wouldn't say be on a phone because your phone could be your distraction too, up to your head and you're not paying attention to your surroundings. But it need you need to have somebody that you can call in an emergency and they know, you know, hey, Solyndra's usually at work at this time. She usually park on level two, you know, certain things that they can get this information to authority that she didn't make it to work at 11 o'clock or she didn't text me that she made it into the department safely while she's walking at 10, 11 o'clock at night trying to get to her department. But if you and your friends can park in the same area and kind of get out around the same time, that may be a good look or park somewhere that's well lit. You know, you have to think about it, too, when you're leaving home. People watch you and you don't even notice that they're watching you and you leave and work at the same time. You take the same route all the time. Maybe you need to switch it up and go to work, uh, pull in a little earlier than normal and maybe walk in and sit in the cafeteria or the lobby or something like that. Maybe you need to have a different route that you travel to and from work, if possible, because sometimes, you know, I travel the same way for three years because it was one way in and out of Palmdale, California. So it was like, well, I couldn't go on another freeway because it was only one way in for the most part and one way out when you're trying to get straight to LA. So just think about things like that. Also think about your emergency exits in the building where you're located. Some facilities in their orientation, they put very strong emphasis on this and some places don't even talk about it, which is amazing to me. But your emergency exits, how do you get out of the building outside of the elevators? Where are the stairs? Where are the pull stations? Where are the fire extinguishers? Where is the rally point? If there is a tornado outside, where do you guys rally inside the building? If there's an active shooter in the building, when you leave out, where do you go? Or if there's a flood or fire, you leave out the building, where exactly do you go? Where is the command center? These are the things you need to start thinking about before it's too late. Is there a flip chart? Some places you go to, they had an old school flip chart. Some of this information you have to get off the internet. Where is this information? How can you handle and deal with this in an emergency? 
bullies. You guys need to start thinking about the fact that bullying is just more than just emotional. Sometimes the bully end up getting out of control and get more and more aggressive where it leads to violence. Or the person that's getting bullied, getting tired of this SHIT. They like, you know what? I am tired. They got issues going on at home. They can have medical conditions they dealing with. They just got caught off in traffic. They, uh, bank account is overdrawn and they walk in and here is this bully again putting this unnecessary pressure on them and now they blow up and you don't need that so if you see bullying going on in your department you have to report it is your responsibility and it may have an impact on your safety hostile conversations i've been in situations where i walked into a department I don't even know what the conversation was about. I'm thinking everybody is good. How could everybody be pissed off at seven o'clock in the morning? You feel me? So they come in and the only thing I know when I walked in the department, I heard somebody say, you're going to learn today. They said, I am tired of all these people messing with me. And I was like, whoa. So I stopped what I was doing. And I turned around and I walked to that person. I said, just leave the department. I don't know what's going on. We'll talk about it. Take you a 15, come back and we'll discuss it. So the person had left and I got called up to the floor. So I ended up leaving. And when I returned, that person had decided they were going home. So I was like, okay, I'm thinking everything was over. I'm trying to ask people what happened. And as I start asking people what happened, coming to find out, this particular person said they felt like they'd been targeted. They felt like they'd been bullied. They felt like people were telling them all kinds of different stories. One person say it's hot. The other person say it's cold. And if he went with hot, you know, the cold person said you were wrong. If he went with cold, the cold person said it was hot. And it was like they felt like they were in the middle and they felt like they were being punked. And they were sick and tired of it. And they was like, y'all going to learn today. And we didn't know what that meant. As the conversation went on and more interviews had taken place, then you find out this person, you know, had access to guns. And then, you know, we find out that this person um, had people in their circle that was concerned about the fact this person had access to guns. So it's like, OK, wait a minute. It went from somebody just feeling like they were cornered to this person have access to guns, the family members feeling some kind of way, you know, and I'm like, oh, we got to escalate this. And it did get escalated. And guess what? You had to. um the first thing you're going to have to do is what? Make sure the doors are secure like they supposed to be and make sure that badge is deactivated. Okay. Another few things I have here on my um, card that's not on my uh, screen is that when you start looking at these people that may be in not just your department, it could be wherever you go, however you socialize, you know, or, or this person appearance have changed. Maybe Solyndra was always coming into work, you know, looking nice. And now all of a sudden she's starting to look like a crackhead and you're like, okay, wait a minute. Why is Solyndra not, you know, her hygiene is not the same. Uh, she's not even wearing her wig anymore, which I usually don't wear my wig. But you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not looking like that same Solyndra that I've been looking like consistently for the last year. And now I'm showing up to work looking some kind of way. I look depressed. Maybe I'm withdrawn. Everybody who know me know I talk. You know what I mean? I talk. I'm usually happy. I'm usually upbeat. I'm usually smiling. That's who I am at this age. I have not changed from that. And if you notice this person is being withdrawn or you notice that they have a disregard for work all of a sudden or the policies at work or the rules or they talking about doomsday or, you know, they're talking about um, violence or they talk about weapons and guns. These could be red flags. It may not be red flags. I'm not saying going in and start turning in everybody. I'm not saying getting scared of your employees or your co-workers. I'm just saying these are things that you probably need to, you know, log in the back of your mind is something that you need to pay attention to. When I say things you need to check, are your overhead speakers working? I worked in places where they didn't work. So you need to check to make sure yours working. Like I said, a badge may need to be deactivated for somebody. That's why it's important for people not to piggyback on your badge. Um, 
Are there back ways into your department? I've been to places that have the keypad. You can key in a number and then you can, as you key in one door, then you may have to badge into another door or vice versa, but still you're getting access based on um, numbers that been the same uh, keypad numbers forever. So everybody has the number. EVS have it. Um, the, pay, the lady on the third floor who drop off the only two or three instruments or whatever, you tired of letting her in, you just give her the number. So now she got access to your department. How often are these numbers being changed? That could be a problem. Are there ways in which people can get in because the door is broken or the door doesn't have any kind of security access on it? You know, are there ways that you need to address or bring up to leadership that you guys need to pay attention to this because people can get inside of our department? I've been to places where we had to open up doors and let people in when they buzz, but it didn't have a peephole. So we don't even know who's on the other side of the door. That's a safety issue. OK, and then you need to think about what can you add here? That's why I left that uh, spot space uh, empty for you to think about. You need to be in a know of a few things. What are the emergency codes? I've been to places where people don't even know when it say cold purple. They had no idea. Cold gray. They didn't know what it was. They didn't know how to respond. They just kept on working. So I said, you know what? We got to get these codes on their badge and we have to drill them and ask them, what are these codes and what are you supposed to do when you hear them? Who is the risk management officer? What does that job role entail? How can they help you with an active shooter? Who's the safety officer? Do they help you with um, having a safety plan for your department? Where is the command center? Where is the rallying point? Do you have an emergency plan? Do you have the old FIP charts that you can hurry up and run to if you need them? Do you have to log into the internet to get this information? How do you get this information? Where do you get it from? What do you do? If there's a fire, where do you go? If there's an active shooter, will you even hear it? Do you even know where to go? Do you know who to call? Do you have some kind of little emergency uh, packet that you pick up when you're running out to make sure you go off this checklist and make sure you account for everybody? Do you have their phone numbers? Have you updated their phone numbers and their email addresses? Well, who cares about email address? A phone number. Is this information even updated? These are the things that you're going to have to start thinking about before you get caught with your pants down. Now, as far as resources go, Lord, I don't know why this screen went this big over my whole entire face. Sterile process and grapevine. I'm always going to post information on there. So you can definitely find information on Facebook, on my Facebook group, sterile process and grapevine. You go to ionspd.com. I'm going to always have information there for you. But check with your hospital policy. They have policies with that. Check with OSHA. Check with your local municipalities to find out what they have going on there. So again, um, this is ionspd. This is a job report about being safe at work. You guys continue to go out there and be great. Until next time, peace. Thank you.